0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company.
1: This is Politico Energy. I'm Katherine Morehouse. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is widely viewed as the world's leader in financial regulation. But the SEC may find itself in the passenger seat when it comes to corporate climate disclosure regulations.
0: So around the world, I've been tracking local and national governments enacting laws that make corporations account for their carbon footprints. But the SEC still hasn't finalized its own rule, which it proposed back in March 2022.
1: That's Politico's Jordan Wolman, And that's right. He said 2022.
0: These sort of factors are just raising a lot of questions about the SEC standing in the world, why it hasn't finalized its proposal, and ultimately how its rule will align with others around the world.
1: Today, we chat with Jordan about those questions and why the SEC is trailing behind on corporate climate disclosure. It's Monday, November 20th.
0: So it is sort of a scrambled issue right now because we have all these jurisdictions looking to require corporations to disclose their carbon footprint and their climate-related financial risks, basically how climate change is impacting their bottom line. And so I'll start sort of at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the, the U.S. SEC, where almost two years ago, the agency put out a proposed rule that would do just that, require corporations for the first time in the U.S. to disclose some of their carbon footprint and their climate financial risks. Meanwhile, we have other jurisdictions around the world and domestically looking to do the same thing, but going farther and faster. In California, we have the corporate climate disclosure legislation that Governor Newsom signed into law earlier this fall that sort of went further than what the SEC put out in requiring large companies operating in the state to disclose this information. We have the EU doing something similar, and the International Sustainability Standards Board put out rules of its own earlier this year that countries could adopt domestically to enforce on their end. So basically, this is all about... Each jurisdiction has a slightly different focus audience. I can say at the SEC, it's squarely about investors. It's giving investors this information in how they decide to engage with companies and and invest in companies. And it's only applicable to publicly traded companies. In California, the audience is probably something different because you have the California Air Resources Board as the implementing agency there. That's an air pollution control agency. They're about protecting air quality. And so it's more of a focus on giving the public the right to know this information. So even though there's a slightly different audience in each jurisdiction, and there are certainly differences in the corporate climate disclosure rules themselves, that's sort of the push is to give investors, regulators, the public access to this information.
1: And the SEC proposed its own corporate climate disclosure rule almost two years ago, and that still hasn't been finalized. What's standing in its way?
0: The big thing is litigation risk. That is easily the biggest thing. Yes, it's been politicized. And I'm sure SEC Chair Gary Gensler doesn't love testifying in front of congressional Republicans who are really ratcheting up the political pressure against this rule. It's But it's really about the litigation risk. You have the Chamber of Commerce, a massive group with a lot of influence, really, really opposed because they feel like this rule is duplicative and costly. In fact, I'll I'll give a a pretty funny example. I was at a, a Chamber of Commerce event last month where Gary Gensler was invited to speak on this rule. And he actually was joking with the moderator, who's a high-ranking person at the chamber, joking with him saying, you know, have you sued us yet? That's sort of how ingrained or how certain observers of this are that there will certainly be litigation. And the biggest thing Gensler has to consider here is, well, first of all, he wants this rule to stand up in court, right? He wants the agency's almost two-year effort, as you noted, to be held up in court and not struck down. But he really doesn't want a situation in which the major questions doctrine is invoked, and the SEC's just broader powers to make disclosure rulemakings, basically to require companies to disclose certain information to investors, to be wiped away. He doesn't want all the other agencies' work to be wiped away in the process in litigating this rule. So, you know, it harkens back to the Supreme Court ruling last year against the EPA, in which the agency's regulatory powers were were significantly scaled back. And so he doesn't want a situation where the SEC is subject to that same sort of scrutiny.
1: And you're reporting that because the SEC hasn't finalized its own rule, that that's raising big questions and concerns about its leadership on these issues. So what could that mean for the corporate climate movement more broadly?
0: So the big questions here are how aligned will the SEC be with these other disclosure rules coming out of California and Europe? and any other countries that adopt the rules out of the ISSB. And so companies want this to be simple for them. I mean, that makes sense. This is a complex issue in itself, you know, calculating your own emissions, especially when we get into scope three, which is the emissions from your supply chain, right? That can be very thorny and complicated. So the SEC doesn't want to put such a heavy, heavy burden on businesses where they have to sort of file very different disclosures for the different jurisdictions in which they operate but they also need to weigh these legal risks that I just outlined. So, basically what I found is that Europe, California, ISSB, they're going ahead with their own thing. That doesn't mean they don't care about the SEC because the size of the capital markets here are so big and the US is so influential, but at the end of the day, you know, these other jurisdictions can't really rely on the SEC to put out a rule that is ambitious enough and stringent enough to align with their own jurisdictions rule. So, sort of a a scramble right now. And unfortunately, we'll just sort of have to wait and see what the SEC puts out when it does, and see how it it stacks up to these other rules. You know, companies are very concerned that they could be in a situation where they have to file, you know, very different disclosures for different jurisdictions. And that could only increase their legal risk on their end if they get something wrong or anything like that. So it's sort of a, a global landscape that's still evolving, I would say.
1: So can you tell us anything about when this rule is expected to come out and how strong or not strong it will be at this point?
0: Yeah, timing of the rule is the million-dollar question, I think, in Washington right now, or at least on my end it is. No one really knows. I mean, there's just been whispers that it was going to come out before the end of this year. I think that was increasingly unlikely for—it's pretty unlikely now, I would say, and partly because there was so much tumult in Washington around the government shutdown, speaker fight— And, you know, now we're sort of starting to get into the holidays and it looks unlikely. So the best I can say is I think it would be next year sometime, but it's pretty much a mystery right now. In terms of what will be in it, Gensar has dropped some hints. So the initial proposal didn't require full disclosure of supply chain emissions, only if you had a internal corporate target around Scope 3 or if you deemed it to be material. So there's talk that maybe he would actually, you know, drop Scope 3 altogether because it is so controversial. And it's been the subject of most of the scrutiny, I would say, about how it could rope in small businesses, which isn't really the intent, but maybe it would have that sort of subtle impact. So I think that that's the biggest thing that we're all waiting to see what will happen with scope three. And will Gensler even pull back further on scope three from how the proposal outlined it already. And he's dropped hints again, like at the chamber event I mentioned, where they're looking to make some changes there. So again, the jury's still out on what that will all look like.
1: Also, the Environmental Protection Agency may revise its sweeping power plant carbon rule to avoid hurting grid reliability. The supplement released on Friday was triggered by concerns raised from small businesses during a review of EPA's May proposal. But critics have also been saying for months now that the rule could cause power system problems by forcing fossil fuel plants to shut down before replacement generation can be built. The supplement also raises the possibility that requirements could be eased for power plants being built for rural electric cooperatives. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse and we'll see you back tomorrow.
0: Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com renewablefuels renewable fuels.